feels good to be back, so on the day, you know, it was really strange hearing you yell that into your condo by yourself. Well, actually, you were by yourself. Elise was watching you the whole time. Uh, yeah. Elise is still around, for the record. We're good. That's great. We're good. Is it unusual to not be opening the pod after two straight weeks of doing it solo? No. I missed you, man. Uh, yeah. I missed having my man. pod partner here. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Now I can breathe. I can drink water in between while yeah. I ignore everything you say. It's great. I'll be honest. I missed you and the pod, and, and the nostalgia was real when I was overseas listening to it, but I did not miss football or the league whatsoever. Is that crazy i think you're lying oh okay <laughs> and i think you're just upset that i beat you two weeks ago okay yeah that is ancient history now and no one cares and while i was looking at, I ch- at churches and shit you were very <laughs> you were very caught up in that matchup honest to god mike and i didn't give a fuck we just enjoyed our time it was great excellent now that we're back though, all the euro trippers are back welcome back rob yeah yeah and and some of them are well, no, actually, maybe they're all... Well, one of them's winning. Anyway, we'll get into the matchups a little later. But hey, you know what? Sick to be back. And while I was gone... Holy and, fuck. And shortly after I came back, this league moved and, sh- and shook in a way that I did not know was possible. It was crazy. They really put you to work. When I left, the league was super tight. And you had made comments about how tight it was. And Rob made the comment just a couple weeks ago, or even as recently as this week. This league is not so tight anymore. No. So why don't we dive into some of the trades we saw? Do it. Where do you want to start? Let's just go chronological. Let's just start at the beginning. Because yeah. this trade flurry, we forget what happened because there's been 18 fucking trades. Rob trading Todd Gurley. The era is over. How yeah. about that, eh? A year ago, would we be thinking that? No way. Rob trading Todd Gurley. Which fucking Brown? John Brown. A tenth. <laughs> there's too many Browns. A tenth and eleventh. To Ryan for a first-round pick, an eighth, Jameson Crowder, and AP. Those players don't matter. Exactly. What matters, the pick, Ryan gets girly. The main reason I assume Ryan did this, he really needed a running back, especially this week. He wasn't going to ride out AP again and call himself a contender. Do you like it? Uh, I'm not totally crazy about it because you and I destroyed Todd Gurley multiple times before this league even began this year. Definitely an RB2. Definitely someone to fill into an RB2 hole. Um, he has James Conner, who has produced RB1 numbers, mm-hmm. and Todd Gurley's an RB2 this year, so it's it's totally fine, and Ryan's a guy who may not be keep. he probably won't be keeping that guy anyway. He's just looking for a guy to help keep him competitive this year. Right. His receivers are great, his quarterback is solid, because he's got two of them that are nasty, and now he has an RB1-2 combo that are legit. Yep. So, in terms of what he got, I love it. In terms of what he paid... Not necessarily so thrilled about it, but his team is super fucking sick. That's the big thing for me, is if you're going to use that first round trade chip, you better make sure you're getting a guy that's going to be impactful for your team. And I'm not saying Gurley's going to be impactful, but like, I like I was just thought of it right away, right? Because I'm like, okay, Rob sold him on the first round pick based on the name, right? Yeah. Ignore Gurley's knees. I know who Todd Gurley is. We're all human beings. We all sit there and go, fuck, I want Todd Gurley on my team. Because two years ago, that would have been an inconceivable thing. Yeah. But I just don't love the price because all Todd Gurley is at this point in time is a touchdown-dependent guy who isn't putting up yardage at all. He doesn't score. Yep. He's not an RB2. Right. He's, in fact, busting. Royce Freeman was on the waiver wire as of early this week. Could have been had this week. You're telling me this look, doesn't look like Todd Gurley's numbers in the last few weeks? 
13 carries, 61 yards, 34 yards, 35 yards, 40 yards. In that time, Royce Freeman has two touchdowns in those four weeks. That is very comparable to what Todd Gurley has done. Todd Gurley has barely eclipsed like 70 yards rushing. The touchdowns have saved him. If they evaporate, uh uh-oh, what does Ryan do then? That's fair. Give up a second for something? That's fair, but the fact of the matter is, regardless of what may happen in the future, we know what's happened so far. And Gurley's production has been RB2 steady numbers. The ceiling isn't super high. The floor, I guess, is low, but in terms of what we've seen with the touchdowns, it's really not. He's getting double digits. That's all you need when you have a guy like James Conner and a nasty-ass receiving core with the two arguably best quarterbacks in the league right now, Mm -hmm. and Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers for fantasy. Exactly. So when you go up and down his lineup, kickers and defense aside, this guy is solid top to bottom. There is no weak link. So I like it. I don't care about the price because if Ryan ends up going on to win or at least making the finals, yeah, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that Not, he gave you can up say that, that about pick. every single one of these trades. And with all of the guys we're going to talk about that made trades, all the contenders made a move in mm-hmm. the, within the last week or two. And it's just another move that helps keep him on pace with everyone else. Yeah. We set it to open. We are in a very different state of the league right now with the top heavy and the bottom teams. And then there's a couple teams in the middle. What about the next trade? Yeah, this one's a minor one compared to the rest. But Dan gets something for Kareem Hunt. He trades Hunt and a 13th to Franco for James Washington and a 5th. I don't really understand the thought process here for Franco. I guess just take a shot on a guy. A 5th is really non-consequential. Who really cares? It's just a 5th round pick. Uh, but I applaud Dan for getting literally anything for the guy. I mean, he just acquired him a few weeks back, and he acquires a fifth-round pick that he now can flip for added help if he needs it. Uh, for Franco, I wonder if he's thinking of him as a potential keeper, depending on how he performs after week 10, I think he's back. Yeah. Yeah, 10. I don't know what Franco's doing right now. Do you? We'll, we'll get to Franco when we get to his matchup. I'm not totally sure what's going on. What I do understand and appreciate as a former buyer of Derrick Henry for a second-round pick to Franco is I like taking bites at the apple when it comes to keepers. Sure. I do too. You, you and I know very well that this league is built on having good keepers, which is why it's sometimes so hard to pluck keepers from other teams. <laughs> we won't even go into that. Franco and Mike, I'm talking to you. Um, Whoa! Uh, Collusion! Collusion! All I'm saying is... Collusion! You take a shot on a guy like Kareem Hunt, and it doesn't matter if he pans out to be nothing, but he could be the starter on a decent team next year, and all you did was pay a fifth-round pick for him. It's fine. I like that. Taking a shot. Absolutely. Let's move on. To the next Bigger things to talk about. We get a carry-on Johnson trade. Moments after he goes down, Ryan says, I gotta get rid of this guy. What's the trade? Uh, Mike, trading Brandon Cooks to Ryan and a sixth for Carrion Johnson and Rob's 10th round pick. Right. Uh, ultimately, this is Cooks with a little extra. Give Ryan some depth. He's now out. Concussion. Injuries. We'll get to that later. Ah, well, fuck it. We'll do it now. Brandon Cooks out with a concussion. Yeah. It doesn't look good. He's had a history of concussions, but for Ryan, it's non-consequential. Wasn't in his lineup this week. He was just there for depth, as I'm sure. Bye weeks, all that kind of shit. Mike getting Carrion, I think, is the bigger story here. Yeah. We just talked about Franco taking bites of the apple. I like Mike just taking a shot on Carrion Johnson. I agree. Especially when it doesn't cost him that much. I mean, really, if he's going to just sell Brandon Cooks and say, give me some picks, who's paying more than a fourth rounder for the guy at this point right now? Yeah. I don't think anybody. So he's saying, okay, I'd rather have a mid-round pick for Cooks or I'd try to get some sort of running back next year. 
it sounds like he's going with the three running back keeper strategy going into next season. Yeah? Mike, from talking to Mike a lot, and I mean more than the average (laughs) person should over the last two weeks, I can tell you that he regrets not keeping Carson because the thinking behind it was twofold. It was, I don't want three running backs, but I do still believe in Josh Gordon. I've had him for so long. He wanted, now he wants to have kept those three running backs and play matchups. If you have two solid guys every week, you can keep the other guy on the bench and feel okay about it. Or you can take the better talent and flip one of those running backs for a receiver once the next season starts. So talking about Mike now with carry on, I like it because he knows that he's taking a bite at a starting running back who is young, who knows what could happen with his future. He just wants good players. It doesn't matter what position they play. If he gets the best tight end in fantasy, QB, running back, or receiver, it doesn't fucking matter. Hell, yep. I could trade on the Patriots' defense, and he might be happy keeping those guys. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. just saying yep, yep. this works for him right now. It does, and I like the strategy, and it's better than just acquiring a bunch of fucking picks. So let's see what Mike... I don't know. Is that Mike's only trade to make this season as a seller, as the bottom dweller of our league? Like, Unless he's getting, unless rid, he's getting of, rid of those three guys, right? Like, if, Yeah, unless any of those three guys go away, there's no way. And he's not trading any of his high picks for other keepers. He's trying to make do with, with the roster he has. Yep. Unless DJ Moore has three straight weeks if Cam comes back soon and blows up. But the thing is, trade deadline's two weeks away yeah. yesterday or two days ago. So, like, we got to get moving here. Yep. Speaking of getting moving, why don't we go to my favorite trade? Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. You've had a raging boner since I've showed up here about this trade. My dick was so big as <clears throat> soon as this thing happened. I felt so good typing this one out. Oh, man. And I'm uncomfortable. It, it hurt a little bit because I traded... My guy, Mark Ingram, a first and a six-round pick to CRG. Your guy? For, it's, it's your boy. But this year, he's been my guy. I felt really good about him. Really good. I acquire Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, who are two absolute studs. And I acquire an 11th and a 13th round pick. Whatever with the picks. I mean, I gave him a whatever first. Whatever with the picks. The, the, thir- the 11th and 13th, whatever. Oh, okay. I'm talking about... I just have to very briefly say that the way this trade came up, I texted CRG before I went away talking about receiver help, but I couldn't really go into it until I came back. And the moment I came back and I saw that I was definitely going to lose to Rich this week, I knew I had to shake things up somehow. My strength seemed to be in depth of running back and my receivers like Juju and Odell just not producing this year meant I needed to get someone. Mm -hmm. And I found out that I could get two someones for the price of a keeper and a first-round pick. I could spare Mark Ingram because of the production that Josh Jacobs has come out with, and I believe that despite my ode, Le'Veon is just one week away from finally producing like an RB1 or 2 with a soft schedule. Mm-hmm. So, with an expendable running back who had the 8th best fantasy points of running backs this year and a first-round pick, if I could get a wide receiver 1, great. I got 2 because of the extra kick-in. And I could not be happier about what's about to happen to my team. Yeah, I like this trade for you. I uh, We've said it before. We've said it a million times. To win in this league, in the championship, and at this point, moving forward, you need depth. You have an abundance of receiver depth. The running back situation is still up in the air. I'm not so much of a believer as you are in Lev, and I understand that because he's yep. your boy. But I love this trade for you. And I think you shouldn't be done. I don't think you are done. And... I think, uh, yeah, I really like this move. Like, to get both those guys, Cooper's going to be probably in and out of the lineup. He's always banged up, whatever. Thielen's got a hammy. Sounds like he'll be back. 
sounds like that offense has figured itself out, which is probably the bigger story there. So, yeah, man, I really like this trade for you. It was a shocker. The, pretty much the only one that really made me, when the trade was announced on the group chat, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I, like, it was the only one that I was like, oh, my God, that's a big fucking ripple effect right there. Yeah. We have some breaking news. This only happened about an hour and a half ago, but CRG has made another trade, a little more minor, but he gets rid of Austin Hooper, who is the number one tight end in fantasy tones. Oh my God. He should be playing basketball, this stupid name like that. <laughs> also trades his 12th. It goes to Rich, who trades a fourth round pick to acquire this tight end. Rich gets better. And despite the fact that it's Austin Hooper on paper, dude, this guy's fucking solid this He's year. He's been great. He's been super good. That team's playing from behind every fucking week like these tons of opportunities he's their main dude in the red zone not julio jesus christ atlanta um yeah i like this move for rich rich had to do something i like this it's i'm sure there's some bigger stuff brewing for him he had pretty much has to but i was waiting for rich until this one came in i was coming into this podcast going okay rich pressure's on you buddy and he did something it's not nothing major but i think at the end of it all it's good. A guy like Rob who took home a championship on the backs of Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley, that guy didn't make a lot of trades in the year that he was successful. Yeah. He just rode the good team he had. And with Tyree Kill back, Rich has a really good team. And I think he might be looking at it. And, and obviously, I'm, I'm sure he's looking at making more moves. But with what he has right now, minus a bad week this week, he has more boom weeks than busts. Mm-hmm. And he probably looks at his team being like, I just need to make one tweak to stay competitive, even though all these other guys are buying. So I don't know. I like. I definitely like it for Rich. I think he's done a great job with that trade. It's only a fourth-round pick, and the roster around him is solid. The, there's, there's no weak spot for no. him, especially with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Yeah, it's been great. Um, that's it for the trades. Oh, breathe, people. Whew. Breathe. What a whirlwind. That's crazy. Todd Gurley was traded in our league. That Can we is... just wrap our heads around that for a minute? Like, man, we were on this podcast a year ago, probably today, yep. going like, this guy's a glitch. This guy's unbeatable. It's fucked. It's so interesting because we alluded to it before, but the state of the league right now has four teams that are very, very obviously all in and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And... Other teams who are in sell mode, and and, and about those four teams, very quickly before I, I move on, it's going to be really interesting to see the first round next year with all these teams stocking up. The amount of talent that's probably going to go back into the draft yeah. next year, we talked about it coming into this year, next year might be absolutely insane with a lot of these top-heavy teams having to get rid of all their guys. And the guys who are at the bottom right now may be fucking laughing. Yeah. We could have a reverse of standings going Easily. into next year, which might be insane, but... Why don't we talk about the state of the league and some of these four teams and some of the other teams? Who? I don't want. I don't want to say it because I know the answer. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I just. The question is. We've created a monster. The question is who improved their chances the most? And you had it written down, and I shouldn't have jumped in here, but I'm going to. I just think it's me because of how I changed the landscape of my receiver core with an underperforming Odell and an underperforming Juju. I now have Odell Beckham Jr. in my flex spot with Juju on the bench. And and I just, I know that the running back situation is crazy, but in terms of changing the landscape of moving forward, you had a bad week this week, but I didn't play those two studs I picked up. I still have the New uh, New England defense. End of the day, though, and I'm going to pour some cold water on you because I can hear the league right now going like, okay, Tones, rein them in. Um, it's, you should be excited because I think you did do the best job and got the best bang for your first-round pick buck 
than out of all of these contenders. And I know Rich didn't give up a first-round pick or whatever, but you know what I mean. Dan getting Galladay and Engram is great. I think you getting Amari Cooper and Thielen is slightly better. Just a a bit. It's not much. It's just a bit. Sure. Um, Yes, you talk about putting Odell Beckham Jr. on your flex. That is what Odell Beckham Jr. is this season. Week to week, that is what he is. He is not the Odell Beckham Jr. of old. It's kind of different, but it's kind of similar in how Gurley is able to get traded right now. Yeah. He is not the same Todd Gurley, and until shit dramatically changes in Cleveland, Odell's not the same. Yep. Juju is a guy I've never actually believed too much in the talent in. He's going to go up and down, and we, we looked at his numbers coming into this. End of the season, it's going to look fine, but he's probably going to have a few more dud weeks in there, yep. as does every wide receiver. So I don't think you're going to ride 130-point weeks, and all four of your receivers that you start every single week – is going to just be, oh, it's going to be magic just because they're names. Yeah. But Cooper could get banged up. Thielen could re-injure his hammy next week. Now, all of a sudden, that depth is gone. Yep. They have to perform. That's fair. I'm and already... you've got to pick the right matchups. That's That's right. the other thing. The, the the issue that I have with, with you know myself is that an already really good Ryan and Dan team made acquisitions to get better. Yes. Right? I was starting to go into the dumpster a little bit because of the lack of production at some positions. So if those two players went to Ryan, I would be shitting my pants Mm -hmm. and in sell mode because that guy is going to take home the ship. For sure. I just had to keep treading water with the guys that were at the top because I'm ready to fucking win. Yep. And I just want to try it. Love it. Guys who are not ready to win are at the bottom of the league. The bottom four right now in terms of I think talent is CRG, who is selling, so. Rob, who is selling, yep. Mike, who's a joke, and Franco. Selling. selling. And Franco, who is in a weird spot. Yeah. We'll talk to him a little more in, in his matchup in terms of what he does next. But it's so strange to me because the top four and the bottom four are so defined. Do you think that we already know our four non-playoff teams and loser bracket teams? Because the only two teams we haven't mentioned are yours who had an amazing week this week in terms of points scored, mm-hmm. and Nikki, who seems to be snake bit every single week. So Still piecing it together. Is this not, best. are we not, is this not set in stone? It's, I don't know if it's set in stone yet, but the literally the first thing that crossed my mind when that trade came through, yours and CRG's, is, oh shit, CRG is thrown in the towel. This guy's team is now decimated for this season. Wait a minute, and I'm doing the mental math, and I'm going, that's three sellers. I mean, barring some crazy miracle... Those teams are not making the playoffs, which means it's me and six other teams competing for six spots. We already pretty much know four of them. Yeah. I like those odds. So whoever's going to sneak in there, I think one of those stupid, like, this is what fantasy, fantasy's fucking crazy. Right now there's <laughs> five teams at three and five, okay? Yeah. Rob sneaks out a win this week. Um, Franco sneaks out a win this week. Two teams that you and I probably don't think are playoff teams. We certainly don't think Rob is. Yep. Could one of those teams upset myself and Nick and find a way to sneak back in? That's going to depend on individual matchups, but that's going to be something to watch because that might be decided. This question might be answered this time next week. We might be sitting here going, okay, now there's a divide. Before there was a divide between the top four. Now there's a divide between the top five, and then it'll be six, and then we ride out the season. Maybe that's how that works, but... It's interesting for me and Nick. It really is. Like I, We've talked a lot about ourselves in this pod, and we won't do that the rest of the way, but we're in interesting spots. Like It's it's hard to not sell, right? Like It's hard to fucking sit here and be like, yeah. okay, I'm selling. Like I could be in the playoffs. And 
If I've said it a hundred times, I've said it a hundred times. If you get in, anything can happen. Yeah. We are only going into week nine of the NFL season next week. So much can change. Yeah. So much. So if you're Nick, what happens if you acquire and go big and get a good wide receiver? Right? Yeah. What happens if he calls you and says, hey, I'm going to go big. I want Odell. Boom. And like... I, we just talked about Odell. Maybe that's a bad example. But, like, I understand let's say Amari Cooper. You know what I mean? Sure. And now his team looks a little better. And now he's the five seed. Like, I'm not betting against Christian McCaffrey in the playoffs. I would be shitting my pants if I were one of you guys yeah. to play against him. Yep. So, I think the clear divide is the top four. There's the two, maybe three teams with Franco. Maybe vying for two spots and then there's the rest of the league yeah having three declared sellers by now is exactly what we wanted a couple years ago when that rule got changed and the deadline moved up right now you have to decide early and that could help decide the regular season and one more thing quickly on nick and i it's i mentioned he has mccaffrey and any single week you can win with mccaffrey that can happen in the playoffs he can give you a 35 point week win you a playoff matchup by himself yeah I put up the second most points this week. I've already beaten you. I've already beaten Dan. I mean, you're telling me that I'm going into the playoffs and I can't get hot for three straight weeks and somehow ride a miracle in there? Same thing with Nick. Same thing with Rich. Same thing with yourself. Yeah. Just because you are the top four teams in the regular season and the top four teams on paper, it doesn't matter. Fantasy doesn't know what your team looks like on paper. Yeah. That week... Do you have more points than your opponent or not? And all it could take is Nick having better matchups than you. Boom. Upset. Yeah. Jam done. The only thing I'll say is that, excuse me, historically in our league, and I know that anything can happen on any given week or year, historically in our league, one of the two bi-week teams, if not both, one of the two is a finalist. And half the time in this league, that finalist is the champion. So... When you don't have the buys and you're coming in having to play week 14 and 15 just to get to the dance and then have to win a third straight, it's tough. Which is why the teams who are at the top with the bye week, you can have a dud week 14. But 15 and 16, if that team shows up, and that's why. With Rob, bye weeks for week 14, oh, Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley had a bad week. Cool. They're not going to do it two weeks in a row. They destroy teams in week 15. They do it in 16. So I get your argument. I totally get it. I'm just presenting a counterpoint. Those buys are so important. Big time. Um, In terms of the trades, before we move on to the matchups, we got to get a quick power ranking out of it. And keep in mind that Dan acquired Galladay before the Yeah, Dan's included. Yeah, like that was, you know, that was just whatever. It was what it was. Who do you feel... Let's just do it. Rank it. How how do do we we rank Um, these these four trades here? In terms of... In ter- not just in terms of return value, but where the team stands now. I'll try not to do this in a vacuum because it's so easy to just look at the trade and be like, oh, well, that's not good value for that player. So I'll try to do this in a broad sense. I think you are number one, like I stated before. A very, very close second is Dan. I really like his team. I think getting Engram is a pretty deep, big deal in the tight end landscape. Yeah. I still think he's going to have some dead weeks because it's the fucking Giants. But, like, that's fine. It's better than the alternative. Sure. Uh, and Galladay, who just had a huge week, like... He's going to be great. Um, I like both your teams now in terms of well-roundedness, um, especially after those trades. I still think there's both teams, specifically you, have more moves to make, but I I think I like those two as the top two. Number three is probably uh, 
I'm fucking lost here. Where well, it's between Ryan and Rich at this point, and Rich acquiring the tight end, and Ryan obviously acquiring Todd Gurley. I mean, Ooh. yeah. I really don't like that Todd Gurley acquisition, but I understand it for Ryan. So I guess by default, he's ahead of Rich, but... Man, that's tough. And I agree. I like Rich getting Hooper a lot. I do too. I think that's a little underrated. I think that Rich didn't make a huge overhaul to a different position, which in Rich's situation is fine. It's really hard to rank that because of his team was already so ready to win. Like right. he's had so many boom weeks with the guys that he's had. Hooper on paper for a fourth is kind of just like uh whatever. But if this guy continues to put up double-digit numbers at a tight end position, which has been weak for him all year, he tried to acquire Disley. Yeah. The guy died. Didn't work. And he's been rolling out God knows who every week. Like, this is a pretty Jason solid acquisition, but it's not sexy on paper. Yeah. The point is, regardless of the rankings, those are two. Those are four strong teams that have made pushes. Like you said, though, in the playoffs, man, anything really can happen. Anything. What about you? I want you to give me a power ranking. No, You're I'm, number one for sure. I'm going to agree with you. I actually think the separation is a little bigger. I'm not so you crazy do. about Kenny Galladay. The Lions are a fucking joke. I don't know who's going to get the ball. Marvin Jones is scoring four touchdowns, and then Galladay's irrelevant. Like, I don't know, man. The thing is, is that Dan's team was already so good. And like we talked about me putting Odell or Juju in a flex... Yo, you put Cortland Sutton in a flex spot? Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, he's the dude there. Are you kidding? Yep. That's incredible. The thing is, is I had the most work to do coming into the deadline. The guys that we've talked about already had such strong, fortified squads that don't put up dud weeks. I've had two bad dud weeks. Yeah. One of them I won. One of them I didn't. Mike's calling you a pretender. I don't care about Mike's opinion. Oh! That's an absolute joke. Oh! Yeah. What happened in Seville? Yeah, that's fine. I, I, I like the fact that I took a team that wasn't quite there and I really turned it around to become those contenders. Mm-hmm. So that's why I keep myself at the top and I agree with you the rest of the way. I think Riches might end up surprising a lot of people. Like we yeah. said, I think the Hooper one's underrated. And to be clear, I'm not saying this isn't our power rankings. I'm not putting you number one in the league now. I just mm-hmm. think... For a first-round pick, you got the most value back. Oh, and anyway. I don't deserve to be there. So let's get into the matchups. And yes. I want to just start with myself and Rich. And we'll go through it a little quicker because we've talked about some of this already. But it's the fifth win in a row for Rich. It was a shit matchup. Gross. An absolutely disgusting. Making me look stupid, man. Couldn't. You had this as your marquee. 100%. And you let me down, Doria. And for that, we are no longer friends. No, I don't think that's the case. But... Man. Oh, I'm pissed. Rich's bench? <laughs> That's a story, right? Like It is incredible. It's incredible. This man is cursed. What was it for the for how many years? The waiver situation? Yeah. Ravers Rich's waiver curse. That is harder to say than it sounds. <laughs> Rich's waiver curse was stuff of Homa Dick Fantasy League legend. Yeah. He drops a guy, someone else picks him up. They're the best fucking player in fantasy for the rest of the season. Yeah. That is now in the past. Now it's the bench curse. This man has put two straight weeks, unbelievable bench performances. They're left on the bench. Oh, God. Chase Edmonds. Coleman. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Chase Edmonds. I mean, it wasn't his fault. And I wasn't here to tell the tale because I only heard about this through the pod, to be honest. But I had no idea that David Johnson only took a snap and then didn't play. Oh, and yeah. then Edmonds went nuts on his bench. I had no idea that was going to happen. And Rich almost started Edmonds. He Rich was thinking about it. would have been which really makes this worse. ballsy. 
Marvin Jones, been. whatever, four touchdowns. You can't see that, but it's the second time he's done it this year. Absolutely. It's and crazy. then this week, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman. Who he <laughs> who? texted me saying, I almost started as well. Rich! Rich! But how, how, but the, my question is, how can you actually justify starting these guys? And I know it's not like a decision where I have Breda and I have McCoy and they're both the same player and I need to plug one in. This is like, he's really not going to start fucking Chase Edmonds he didn't, when David Johnson is supposed to start. No. He was legit thinking. He was hurt all week. You were gone, man. He was hurt all week. He was not supposed to play that week. And Tevin and Coleman, week, are you actually going to start week, Tevin Coleman? I think Coleman? there was a matchup situation. Obviously, Cook's in his lineup. Oh, yeah. He didn't love Chase Edmonds against New Orleans, and I even warned him about our run defense. And look what happens. One point from Chase Edmonds. He, I th- believe he left the game. He only had seven carries, and it didn't go very far. But Wasn't anyway. doing shit. Yeah. Man, poor Rich. But here's the, here's the beauty. Rich won both games. Exactly. And some guys are just lucky. Absolutely <laughs> right. The thing is, is Rich has had some tough matchups earlier, but the points for for this guy are there. He has had some very good weeks. He's allowed to have a week where he only puts up 89 and wins because he's shown yeah, he's that he so deserves this one. You yeah. know what I mean? He yeah. absolutely deserves it. For me, I didn't have the trades playing. I had a guy on a bye. Mark Cooper's on a bye this week, and Adam Thielen had already played slash not played because he didn't play yeah. with the hammy injury on Thursday night. How about this, though? Because the New England defense has become the status, the joke status. It's absolutely ridiculous. Heard a stat. No defense in fantasy in the 21st century, boys, has hit 200 fantasy points. You know how much New England has right now? 174. No one's even hit 190, and they have 174. We still have five weeks left in the fantasy regular season. Unbelievable. They are going to go down as the single greatest fantasy defense in the 21st century. Not the Seahawks. Not the Legion of Boom. Not not the Bears. Not the Bears in the last two years. Even KC had some good years in there. Not those Ravens defenses. And we I don't know how many of us were playing fantasy back then. I wasn't. But, like, how dominant were they? They were great. Like, ridiculous, man. They are the number four in our league, number four fantasy points player thing. This is why defenses bother me and kickers. Are they players? What do we call this thing? They're the number four ranked thing that gets points. Yeah, okay, sure, yeah. We'll, we'll, Three we'll quarterbacks are ahead of them. We'll tweak that. Yeah, fucking ridiculous. that's it. More points than guys like Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. Excuse me? It's silly. Are you kidding it's me? It's fucking silly. Oh, my God. So, Rich. anyway, we'll move on because that's enough of that matchup. Who you got next, Holmes? All right, we got Franco. A surprise victory? We thought he was dead. I, I certainly thought he was dead. I gave him the there it goes see you last week. Yeah, he was out of the park last week. You're right. Uh, he beats Nick, moves to 3-5. and five. Nick now also 3-5. and 112-103 the final. Uh, poor Nicholas, man. Poor Nicholas. Two straight weeks he gets fucked by primetime games. Last week it was Jason Witten. All, all Rich needed was like 15 yards or something like that. Yep. This week Nick's leading by three points. Only Kelsey left for Franco. Maybe Kelsey, who hasn't been that good this season, could maybe be under 30 yards. No. It seems That's like it. Nick isn't isn't putting up the most points in the league, not even half the most points, but it just seems like in terms of the matchups he's getting on any given week, he continues to get fucked right in the butt. It just, it just almost seems unfair. It's coming yeah. down to the wire almost every single time, the poor guy. Um, I... I'm 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 on I'm on the fence about Franco. 
And I think the best thing for his team would have been to lose to Nick this week, and that didn't happen. Mm. Because now he is going to buy. And based on the conversations that you and I have had with him in terms of what he wants to do next, it doesn't seem to be a secret that he's not ready to sell. We talked about the bottom four in the league. He's in that. Mm-hmm. I feel like you and Nicky are the middle tier, and we have the other four guys on top. I don't think that this guy's got a shot at being there, but winning this week changes his perspective because look at the pool at the bottom of the league right now. Hell, like this guy's does he move ahead of you with the win, or does he tie your record with the win here? Ties my record. He ties your record. He's right there, man. Yep. He's right there on the fringe. He's been like, surviving. Absolutely. And without Kamara, he's done it with fucking your boy, whatever his name is, in the backfield there. Latavius. Latavius Murray. Just respect on his name. Sure, I guess. Alexander? Why not? But Future hey. He's Super Bowl champion. The guy, the guy has only eclipsed 100 points three times in eight weeks. That's not really that great. It's not good. Uh, I think Franker should be selling too. I agree with you. This is a big loss for Nick, and we'll get out of there, out of this with this. Obviously, it's a big loss. Every loss is a big loss for Nick, especially. You got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat if yeah. you're me and him going forward. That's what you need to look for between us middle tier guys. He now plays Dan next week, me the week after. Talk about a huge game. Then he goes Rob. Then he goes who the fuck? You guys change your fucking team names. Oh, that's a good team name. Alexander. You're welcome. Uh, and then CRG. I mean, what's his record there? Two and three? Three and two if he's lucky? He needed to bank this win against Franco. It was, it, it was important. Right. You like my team name? I do like your team name. It's better than what the other one was. That is true. That was pretty bad. Let's move on. Rob. Rob. And CRG. Rob wins. Rob eclipses 100 points after selling all of his dudes. Why the fuck not? Uh-huh. And... Mike's losing streak ended last week, and Rob ends this week. He was on a five-game skid. Yeah. Going back to talking about last year and Gurley and Gordon, do you think Rob would have ever lost five straight games? The dude won, like, 12 straight games coming into this season. We, t- we had him number one in the power rankings, didn't we? Yep. Early on? Oh, yeah. The preseason power rankings? He flirted rankings? with undefeated seasons this, the past two seasons, so yeah, I'm pretty sure he was high up there in our power rankings. Yeah. It's, it's just it's, this is what I mean. Anything can fucking happen. <laughs> Say it with me, people. Anything can happen. No, stop. Please. Please stop. Why? Singing. You don't want me to sing? Not Didn't at you all. miss my singing? Mm, you know what? No. Actually, I really enjoyed the celebrate good times when you beat me. I, that whole thing. And then you used it again the following week. Oh, yeah. Pretty good. Your intro in the first of two weeks was also <laughs> very, very solid. I was just yelling a lot. It was great. It was a lot of yelling. It was great. Did a lot of yelling. Why don't we talk about CRG? Yes, let's okay? talk about CRG. He sold. Massive. And my whole thing here, and the thing that I'm very sad about, is that he won't be fulfilling his destiny of finishing sixth again this year and losing with 80-something points scored in the first round. Really devastating. We talked about one of those teams could be sneaking in there. What if CRG does some shit? There is still a lot of waiver situations going on. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be stuff. What if CRG finds a way to fucking sneak into six? That will be the ultimate, like, I will be... Ch- if I'm out because of that, for the pod and for entertainment purposes, I actually wouldn't be that upset. Yeah, no, I will be. I'm lying. But I will... That's great. Well, speaking of waiver wire pickups, your boy Rob has still not spent a cent. Still I a hundo. I can't... I can't believe this. It's baffling. It's baffling. Like, he has to finish the whole year with $100. We're, we're five weeks up in the regular season? That's right. This is real. Fab watches on for Rob. Now, 
the only reason why I think it's going to change is that he could go into week 15 with $100, but when it comes to waiver times, that dude will spend $94 on the defense of the week to get him to the finals of the sure. loser bracket in order to at least get a top two sure. pick, right? That week 15 in the loser bracket, as you know, as a very frequent loser bracket. Uh, All right. <laughs> I'm just saying, to win that week to get to the Go finals. Go back to fucking Europe. To win that week. Do this shit on my own. <laughs> to win that week to get into the finals is pretty huge. It right? is huge. So I think that that guy's going to spend everything plus the kitchen sink yeah. just to make sure he gets to week 16. Worth noting, he did spend 15 bucks on your boy, Ty Johnson, was outbid by you. Dodged a bullet. Ooh, I would have yeah. killed him if he spent... $18 on Ty Johnson, finally spends the money, yeah. and it's on that absolute scrub. Yeah. I would have died. Yeah, well, you can roast me later when I roast the league. In a nah, you, segment, it's not as funny. When it's Rob, it's, it's fucking hilarious. That's fair. I want to go to a matchup that actually meant a damn this week because it came down to the wire, <sighs> and oh God, was it so fun to watch because I never knew For that you, Deontay maybe. Johnson and James Conner would go head-to-head. But anyway, Ryan defeats you. By a slim margin of 146-138, it was so much closer than the actual score makes it seem like it was. But how the fuck did it come down to, do I know the answer, but Connor versus Deontay on Monday Night Football? Ryan had a two-point lead coming in. Man, what a week you had. I uh, Yeah, Aaron Jones got me back in this thing. I, I did not like my chances coming into this week. I thought Ryan's team had a lot of great matchups. I kind of didn't. Um, and then, yeah, the squad did its thing, man. And I fucking benched Keenan Allen for Deontay Johnson. That's the crazy thing. I didn't want to fuck with the hamstring injury. They said it's snap count, whatever. He was fine. Uh, but yeah, good win by Ryan. It's well-deserved, 146 points. I mean, it's fucking very annoying when you put up the second most points in the league and lose to the best team in the league that week. But what can you do? I watched this game very intently, and I wanted Ryan to lose so badly because Ryan winning and advancing that record to three games above me with points four, when you talk about contenders trying to get those buys and Rich and I are right there, mm-hmm. Rich with the win moves above me, yep. Dan with the win moves above me, those guys are two games, Ryan is three. Oh, man. When Deontay Johnson was wide open and, oh, man, you're about to win this week, dude. Now, these other, now Ryan is only two games above me with those other guys. I'm like, this will help. No, it didn't end up happening. When Juju was close to getting there and he didn't. Oh, man. But anyway, fuck Team Brownface. This is an absolute <laughs> joke. The guy wins his seventh straight. I'm so rattled about his fucking oh, team I name. love it. And Ryan, he acknowledged, never change it. He acknowledged in the chat. In a very kind way that he was going to change it, but you can't change it in the middle of a win streak. I respect that. I understand that. I'm upset by that. And on Team Brownface, featuring, especially this week, is our Greg Jennings Team of the Back Performer of the Week. Fuck it. You can't stop me. Cooper Cup, man. 220 receiving yards. A touchdown. I knew my week was fucked. And it didn't end up being this way, but I knew I was fucked when he, he had like 120 yards and the score by halftime. Yeah. It was like they were, he was they were cooking over there, man. He's yeah. the only viable receiver in that receiver core. It's in incredible, and yeah, talk about things changing quickly. Oh, and talk about things changing quickly. How about Ryan's fantasy team? The guy takes him in the early mid rounds, and now he's got a keeper on his hands. Yeah. He called it in like week three when Cup had a big week, and now. Absolutely, yes, 100%. There's no doubt about it. He's one of the best receivers in fantasy. Keep the damn man. Um, and what the fuck are you doing right now? You tell me. 
I'm, I've talked enough about my team. I just had two weeks of solo pod. Yeah. I want to hear an outsider's perspective. And I won't I won't spend too long on this, but you've had weeks where you have had absolute duds, as have all of us. You've also had boom weeks like this week, and regardless of the outcome, it's been pretty impressive. But when you're a team like yourself and you're watching the teams who are above you in the standings, never mind the talent, mm-hmm. I mean above you in the standings, buying so much, and you have sat on your hands. Not saying that you haven't tried, because I know that you've tried to make trades, yeah. but it hasn't worked out. I just don't understand where you are in the landscape of the league. And you said, just get in. We'll be fine. I'm just 136 points. Like, but I also uh, 38. think that, Okay. <laughs> but, I also, okay? but I also think that you could put up, like, I don't know, 85 next week. Sure, just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what is going on with your squad. So that's all I'm going to say. So what would you do if you were me right now? You're three and five. You have this squad. What would you do? It's a really good question. I know you've been trying to make a big splash and it hasn't worked out because the trade partners have not been willing. So that would be my first hunch to do something big. It hasn't worked out. I mean, by your strategy and what you've already told me, you just ride it out with the squad you have. Maybe make a deal to make your team a little bit better, but you don't sell everything to make that move because you're very confident in the fact that this year especially any team can win on any given week you could be the sixth seed and beat me in the opening round just because your guys perform and mine don't yep you're very confident with that i am very confident with that and it sounds and more so than that and i i think if you're nick you should be perfectly okay going in with mccaffrey i've already said that if you're me going in with this squad i'm perfectly okay with it because it seems like we're entering November now. Teams are kind of figuring out their shit. Kind of the preseason lull is over. Everyone says September is the fucking extended preseason. Teams have figured out their offenses. Look at Minnesota as a great example, right? Yeah. It looked dead in the water. And we're all sitting there going, oh my God, Thielen and Diggs owners, panic city, sell, 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 get out of these guys. And then the teams figure out a way, hey, we got to be better at this to win. Be better. The Packers are doing that now with Aaron Jones. I know Devontae Adams is coming back. Aaron Jones is not going to be 160 yards receiving and two touchdowns. But regression, sure. But he's still a great receiver. He's still in there. He's going to be in the mix. His situation is now very clear. It wasn't three, four weeks ago. Chris Carson is as rock solid as a our running back in fantasy there is right now. Like, every week I know what I'm getting out of the guy. It's great. I made the Fournette for Keenan trade. I didn't want to make it. I made it because I needed a receiver. And let's see what happens. Yeah. I like this squad's makeup. I put up 138 without my wide receiver one. And, oh, yeah, Antonio Brown's gone. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm good. I'm good with this. I think I mentioned Nick's uh, next few weeks. Here's mine. You ready for this? Yep. I play Mike this Mike this coming week. Oh, God. I play Nick, huge game, as aforementioned, yeah. uh, and then I go Franco, and then I finish my season with Dan and with Rich. Interesting. I've already beaten Dan this year. I don't expect to beat him a second time. Rich, I think I could play him pretty close. I don't know. Yep. And again, six and seven's all I need. I need three more wins. That's right. I can get those three wins in the next three weeks. That's right. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. No, Absolutely. I totally hear you. And the fact that you're putting up points the way you are is massive because when it comes down to a tiebreaker, those points for you could finish dude at five and eight and have the tiebreaker over three other dudes. Yeah. 
And it could be really interesting could this year. Could be this kind of year. It, yeah, if that continues, it could it's be crazy. really interesting. I hope not. But. I want to move on and in the quickest of ways talk about the last matchup because Dan defeats Mike and really, who cares? Cole Beasley, yeah, he was cool. He was fine for Mike. There's nothing really to talk about Mike's team. And I know he's not even listening to this pod anyway. <laughs> Trust me. Ruthless. He's not. So I don't even want to give his team the time of day, okay? What I do want to give a little credit for is Dan. And I just looked at Dan. And I know you probably listened before because you listened to the whole damn thing. I didn't give your boy Kenny Galladay enough credit. The guy had two tutties this week. He had 22-plus points. My bad, bro. I mean, I called. Yeah, I didn't really, like, pump the tires on that guy. Uh, but anyway, great week from Dan, and like, what else is new? He puts up almost 130. I, it, Mike Thomas is a fucking absolute freak show, Monster. and Saquon is dumb, and Nick Chubb isn't gonna put up less than 10 points on yeah. most weeks. Like, it's just the ceiling is so damn high, and the floor is always above 100 points. Dan is not doing what Rich and I did this week. It's just not happening. It's not happening for Ryan either. That's why, to me, those two guys are like the premier cream of the crop, and until my team proves to be better, until Rich has more 130-point weeks and no 80-point weeks, mm. it's all about Dan and Ryan right now, and Dan continues to prove it, regardless of his opponent. This win is a good win, because he puts up a buck 30. There's no cheap win this week, No, nope, for sure. He looks great, and uh, power rankings next week, get fired up. I am not fired up. You and I are going to have some hotly... Contested debates about uh, what to do at the top. I'm sure. I better put up a buck sixty this week to get myself back into the conversation. I got, yeah. I got, I gotta say, do you have anything else about Dan? No, I don't. This matchup was gross from the start. It sucked, and uh, yeah, I'm moving on. I'm mad. Go ahead. I'm not like mad, mad, but I'm like kind of upset because. I obviously wasn't paying attention to the NFL very much when I was away looking at churches and shit. Listen to these excuses. (laughs) And the fantasy football experts told me, my guy, not anymore, that Ty Johnson was going to be a fucking stud. Who? He was going to lead the Detroit Lions backfield in carries. That he was going to be just as good, if not better, than carry-on. Because they were just going to keep feeding him the rock. If not better than carry-on. If not better than carry-on. The other Johnson. So what did I do? I spent my fab, bro. I spent more fab than Rob can ever dream of spending. And I bought carry-on Johnson for $18. Seriously, fantasy experts? Are you fucking kidding me, Michael Fabiano? Who are you? What the fuck did you ever bring to the table? Dave Damashek? He's on Sportsnet. That means you know that he's not good at what he does. Whoa! For all of these reasons that relate to Ty Johnson, you, fantasy football experts, are this week's edition of Douchebag of the Week. I'm done with the rant, okay? I'm done. Your turn. Say something. I think you're blaming other people for your mistakes, my guy. Listen, I know that year, year one, you had Joint Bell, Reggie Bush. You ran, you ran that off. It was the, the, the Detroit Lions backfield all to yourself. Those days are long gone, buddy. Yeah. This Detroit backfield historically have never run. I know, different coaching staff, different whatever. Who the fuck is Ty Johnson? No idea. And here's the thing, too. Look at the snaps. Yeah. on Johnson was only getting like 55, 60% of the snaps before he got hurt. So why is Ty Johnson just going to... You're telling me that the coaching staff's going to be like, ah, oh, our top dog's gone? All right, back up. You get 80%. Yeah. doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense now that I'm back in this country, but I watched more soccer than I've watched ever in my life when I was in Europe for two weeks. And I didn't watch football. I watched football. No, 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 no. Do you know what I mean? Take that out of your mouth. 
the real football's played here. I understand that, but I wasn't paying attention. So because of that, I think that that's the reason why I fucking blew this. Because I my think, reputation of picking up yeah. waiver guys and that's what is I was so much say. better. I think you got cocky. I, I think you're sitting there going, oh, Ty Johnson, he's my new fucking D'Angelo Williams. Maybe. This is my guy. He's going to take me to the promised land. Have you heard of Ty Johnson three days ago? No. And you know Your what, fault. You know what I thought? In the, it was five minutes before kickoff, and I didn't watch. I'll be honest. I didn't watch a lot of football this week. Watch the Sunday Nighter and obviously the Monday Nighter. But... Going into five minutes before kickoff, I'm about to set my lineup and remove my phone for the entire day. And I'm looking at it, and this thought crosses my mind. Oh, my God. Ty Johnson is going to be so sick. You want to know why? Because this is a move that Ryan would have made. I swear to God. Ryan would have made this move (laughs) and plugged this guy into his lineup, and this guy was going to put up 20 points. I'm like... This is the shrewdness of Ryan. This guy's got me so fucking tweaked in the head with his Lamar Jackson pickup and his Patrick Mahomes pickup that he lit- like he has fucking brainwashed me. It's insane. It's insane. I'm going solo pod back again. All right. Here we go. Listen to me, people. It's just you and I now. Go this guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Unbelievable. Ty Johnson. You want to know the worst part of this, Doria, as he's away from the table right now? Josh Jacobs on the bench. You started a guy you've never heard of on an offense that you literally 30, like what, 20 minutes ago said the Detroit Lions are a joke. You're like, oh, I want the starting running back there, even though Josh Jacobs is fucking cruising. But Ryan would have done it. I swear to God, he Ryan would have done, done it. it. And Jacobs- you know what Ryan's doing? He's acquiring Todd Gurley. He's yeah. saying, you know what? I'm not taking a risk with a guy I never heard of. I'm just going to say, hey, let's put Todd Gurley in Oh, he there. tried to take the risk. He just didn't bet enough money. The thing is, Jacobs had a tough matchup this week. He would have been in my starting lineup if he wasn't playing the Houston defense, which has been good against the run this year. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Whatever. Highly Fuck questionable. Obviously. And I'm I think obviously... you're blaming poor Michael Fabiano. Fuck that guy. fucking Paisan. No, fuck For it. your mistakes. You fucked up. I hope that our listener in... What, what was the country that you had a listener I don't know. Mo- Molly? Fucking Molly? Yeah. I hope he hears Papa that. Papa Molly's. And smart. knows Michael Fabiano. Fuck that guy. Anyway. Why don't we go to the marquee matchups? That was great. Oh, that was so great. What? Josh Jacobs. Eight points last week. That wasn't good. That wasn't going to win me the week. No, I wouldn't have won me the would week. Would you have won? No, I wouldn't have won the week. That would Quick have put me. <gasps> you would have won, Doris. No, I wouldn't have won. You would have won by decimal points. No, Josh Jacobs only had, he had less than 10 points last week. 81, 80, oh, on math. On You're math. an I gotta absolute take away fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you are God. <laughs> it would have been, it would have been a one point difference, would it not? No, oh, it wouldn't, it, no. It, I thought I Ted wouldn't. Johnson put up one point, my bad, my bad. Okay, Enough. Marquee matchups. Great. I love this. Marquee matchups. I'm moving on. You blew it. I'm so tired of this <laughs> fucking podcast. Send me. Oh my god. To somewhere back else. One week. The, the matchups week. next week suck so much, Dick. Because <laughs> Ty Johnson's in your lineup. No. Ow! I'm dropping him so fast. <laughs> Listen, Tones. The matchups are bad, and my marquee matchup is not even a fantasy matchup. I just want to watch the Vikings and the Chiefs play football. Next is it week. Ty Johnson versus a defense? <laughs> no. Not. It should be. Imagine, That's what I'll be watching this Can you second. imagine? Oh, if he goes off next week? Oh, my God. <laughs> that'd be funny. <laughs> On Rich's team? Because I drop him and he yes. picks him up? Yes. Oh, that'd be, that'd be the curse reversing. Imagine Ty goal. Johnson against... Uh, Ty Johnson against New... Or, New. I keep doing this. Against New England defense? He'd have negative 35 rushing yards. What if he's Honestly, a glitch? God. 
What if he's better than Carryon Johnson? Is the next bad. great running back in the NFL? I've already said what the if? marquee matchups, and I don't even want to say it again because I don't have a marquee. Next week sucks so bad That's in our gross. league, and, and it's it's more of this separation between the top and the bottom teams. It's it's a decent team playing against a not so good team. But you actually have a matchup that you want to talk about. I don't even want to go into this, but go ahead. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I like Nick versus Dan. Um, Nick, like for the reasons I just mentioned before. Should have beaten Franco. That was a game he needed. If he can sneak out a win against Dan, that is forgotten. It's all good. You've held serve, essentially. If you lose this week, uh-oh. What do you do? Like, Nick will have a really, really important decision. Yep. Do I just blow it up and sell? Do I continue to ride this out? What happens? Yeah, that's fair. That's it. And that's it. And I agree with you. I don't think, I mean, I don't think there's anything else worth even mentioning. Like, there's, we're not talking rivalry week right now. This is not. They're done. There's not a ton to play for in some of the other matchups. But, hey, I mean, Franco is another interesting one to watch because he's looking forward to what comes next. And the guy is. If he wins next week, yeah. look out. Yeah, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be interesting moving down the stretch. Um, so you missed me? No, I don't. No. But until the 51-minute mark in the podcast, you were just like, damn, it's good to have this guy back. It was great. It's great Saddle to have you back, man. You're back out. in the saddle, back in the swing of things. Here we go. Ty I, Johnson. I oh, still, I love it. I'm going to buy you a jersey. It's going to be great. I'm moving. I am leaving this country. I'm selling everything I own, and I'm moving to fucking, I don't know, anywhere. Do you think Literally you anywhere. will buy a Ty Johnson jersey, and people will think it's a Calvin Johnson jersey, and you'll have to be like... No, it's actually Ty Johnson, my favorite player in the NBA or no, NFL. No, because they wear running backs wear twenties and thirties, and Calvin Johnson wore an eighty because he's a receiver. Wake That's the fair. fuck up, That's be fair. better. That's fair. Also, it could be Kerry. He kind of looks like an eight on the Lions uniform. Just saying. If I do buy that jersey, I'll be giving it to Dan. It's gross. Yeah, as his present. Dan doesn't when he, want it. when he eventually. Wins Dan doesn't know who Ty again. Johnson is. He's a Lions fan. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, I am thrilled to be back, boys. Really you don't happy. Know what Ty is? Really, really happy. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the pod with uh, your better co-host back on uh, the mic. And pretty fair. You have any last things to say here, buddy? No, I'm good, buddy. Let's get out of here. Let me see your shoulders work. I mean, I don't know what y'all came here to do, but uh, if you ain't got a lighter, what the fuck you smoking for?